Hello and welcome to another episode of the English Like a Native podcast, the podcast that's designed to help you to improve your English. My name is Anna and today we are catching up on some free time chat. Okay, so first of all, what does catch up mean? To catch up with a friend, to catch up with yourself, or to catch up with a task. To catch up means to get yourself up to date with something that's overdue. So first of all, to catch up with a friend or relative. Imagine you haven't seen your best friend for three weeks. And during that time, lots of things have happened. There's loads of things to gossip about. Not that I'm one for gossiping, but there's lots of things you want to tell them. And there's lots of things you want to know about. What have they been doing? How are things going with their job, with their relationship? You need to get together and bring each other up to date with what's been happening during those three weeks. You can also catch up with yourself. So sometimes we just feel a bit overwhelmed with life, don't we? There's too many things to do. We just can't fit everything in. You have to watch your favourite series on TV and now because of Netflix we binge watch So we lose a whole weekend sometimes just binge watching our favourite show. And then we have our DIY projects to improve the home that we're in. Many of us are green-fingered, so we're out in the garden pruning our roses or planting our tulips. We might be doing our sporting activities or learning a new language. And then we've also got work. We need to earn a living. So there's so many things to be doing and all the time we are being distracted from our basic activities by social media, that dreaded device that lives in our hand that constantly pulls us away from the things we should be doing. Anyway, I'll leave my social media rant for another time. My point is sometimes we get behind with things that are important to us as individuals. So it might be that you just have lots of admin that you need to do. Life admin. Things like booking that long overdue doctor's appointment. Finally getting down to the gym after weeks and weeks of putting it off. Folding the laundry that's been sat in the basket for the entire week. All those kinds of things. Phoning your grandmother, who you normally phone every day, but you haven't managed to do that for a couple of days. So you catch up with yourself. You get up to date with jobs that need doing. And you can also catch up with a project or some homework or something that is long overdue and you need to bring up to date. So that's what catch up means. What do you need to catch up with? At the moment, personally, I need to catch up with my family video and photograph archiving. So I take lots of photographs of my growing children and lots of video vlogs I make of them. And I don't know why, but for the last few months, I've been unable to 
properly organize all that footage and all those photographs. So they're all sitting on my hard drive or on my camera SD card and I need to archive those. That's something I really need to make time to catch up on. Now, thinking about the verb to catch, there are many collocations and phrasal verbs that use catch. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to catch up on some of those specific collocations and phrasal verbs. So another one that springs to mind right now is to catch someone out. To catch someone out is when you catch someone doing something they shouldn't be doing or to catch them lying. So when you find that someone is lying, you catch them out. You have caught them out. If you catch them lying, you have caught them out. So if I suspect you of lying to me about something, I might set a trap somehow. I might see if I can lure you into my trap so that I can catch you out. Or another phrase we could use is to catch someone red-handed. Now, you don't have to suspect someone. You might just accidentally catch them red-handed. Maybe you just walk into a situation where someone is committing a crime or just doing something a little bit naughty, like raiding the cookie jar when they shouldn't be, or having a cheeky cigarette at the back of the building, thinking that no one can see them, and you just happen to walk by and you catch them red-handed. That actually reminds me of a time when I was caught red-handed. Now, I have to admit that there was a very short period when I was a teenager. I was very impressionable and I did smoke. (gasps) Terrible, I know. (laughs) I did smoke for a short period of time as a teenager, trying to be cool and impress my friends. And I was trying to fit in with a group of popular girls at school. And they were popular in a sense of they were a little bit, they were a little bit naughty, a bit cool. You know, they they weren't bad kids, but they were the cool gang and they smoked and they would sneak behind the bike shed at break time and have a cigarette And it was my first week at this new school. It was like the last day of the first week. And they took me under their wing, which means they tried to protect you and bring you into their group. They took me under their wing and they said, Anna, do you smoke? And I, you know, kind of winced a bit and said, yeah, even though I didn't really. I hated smoking, actually. Yeah, I've smoked a cigarette once. So they said, come with us, come with us. And actually, this particular time, I wasn't smoking. I went with them behind the bike shed and I was the lookout. I was the person who was given the responsibility of looking for someone coming, making sure that no one was going to catch them out while they were smoking. So they're all smoking. I'm stood there looking and I was looking in the wrong direction. (laughs) Guess what happened? Up behind us came one of the heads of year. So it wasn't the headmistress. It was the lady who was in charge of like the year nine girls. Well, 
I was horrified. It was my first week in this new school. And not only had I, you know, made an error of judgment and messed up with these cool girls, I'd got them caught. They were caught red-handed and it was my fault because I failed in my duty as the lookout to spot the teacher coming. So I failed them, but then I also was in terrible trouble with my head of year and I'd made a terrible first impression and she also told my dad. (laughs) And my dad was not happy, so I got in trouble twice. I got in trouble at school and I got in trouble when I got home as well. So it was a terrible start to my my school, um, my school experience. I actually went to a number of schools. So this was my second high school that I attended. I was in year nine. So I was three years in and obviously trying to fit in, but making a terrible mess of everything. Anyway, we were all caught out. The girls were caught red-handed with a cigarette in hand. And, uh, needless to say, I wasn't part of the cool gang after that. So other collocations using catch, can you think of any? Well, there's one that you might use when talking about fire, which is to say something has caught fire, it catches fire. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because, well, fire spreads, but by saying things catch fire, it's almost like objects that burn have hands and they can literally grab a flame and catch the flame. Whereas actually it feels like it's the other way around. It's the flame that's thirsty or hungry rather for more fuel. And it's the flame that spreads. It's the flame that does the acting rather than the objects that burn. And yet we say catch fire as if the objects were the ones who are actively getting the fire grabbing onto the fire. Have you ever seen anything catch fire? It can be quite scary, can't it? We also catch, you know, general things. If someone throws something to you, you catch it. So you catch a ball. I'm trying to teach my children how to catch a ball at the moment. And it's actually a really hard thing to do. You've not only got to control your own body, but you need that hand-eye coordination that ability to see something with your eye and then send a message to your hands to follow the moving object and catch it in midair. Hand-eye coordination. And I realise when I watch the children learning how to catch a ball that it's such a difficult thing to do. I remember specifically, actually, being terrified of dropping the ball when I used to play rounders. Has anyone here listening ever played rounders? It's like a watered down version of baseball. Now, we don't really play baseball here in the UK, but from what I see from the movies, the American movies of these baseball games, I think it's very similar. You have bases, four bases. You have someone who bowls a ball and then you have a batter who has this long wooden bat and they have to hit the ball and run. And the idea is to get a home run. So you have to go all the way around all four bases before one of the fielders on the other team, before they can catch the ball and hit the base, 
that you haven't yet reached before you get there. They have to like, I don't know what the word is to hit you out, to strike you out. Um, and so it's just this, yeah, you hit the ball and then you run as fast as you can. And in the UK, we call this rounders. And in America, it's baseball. I'm not sure what the differences are between the games, but I don't think we have a professional rounders league in the UK. I think it's just what you play for fun in schools. And in America, obviously, baseball is a huge professional sport. So when I was fielding for my rounders team at school, I used to stand far out in the field. I'd be a deep fielder. And I had to wait for someone to absolutely whack the ball. And then they'd be like, Anna, Anna, that's yours. Quick, catch it. Because if you catch it, if you catch it from hitting the bat, it goes in the air and you catch it before it hits the ground, that player is automatically out. So you want to be able to catch those big strikes. And um, yeah, I was always terrible at catching. I'm better now. Now I'm a squash player. I'm much better at catching the ball. But back then, oh, disaster. (laughs) Anyway, so are you any good at catching the ball? Uh, What else can we catch? We can catch a cold. That's quite a common one. One thing that I thought was quite interesting is that we say catch a cold. But when we talk about the flu, which is obviously a much more um, extreme virus. Flu is much worse than a cold. We say the flu, but a cold. And I was thinking about this just before doing this podcast. Why do we say catch the flu, but we say catch a cold? And I think that the reason is that there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of cold viruses. And I think this is why they haven't got a cure for the common cold, because it's always mutating. There's always so many variations of the cold. So it's not just a single cold. It's many, many cold viruses, I believe. Don't quote me on this, guys. And the flu, I think you can only have like four strains of influenza. So flu is short for influenza. I think there's just influenza A, B, C, and D. I think it's just four. So it's the flu virus or a cold, one of many, because the is specific, something that you know. I want to move the chair, the chair that we're talking about. Not any of those chairs over there. I'm talking about that brown chair with the red cushion, the chair. So we use the when it's very specific. Actually, I want you to move a chair any chair. It doesn't matter as long as it's got four legs and it's something people sit on that we call a chair. Just move it and I'll be happy. Ah, a chair. So ah is when it's general and the is specific. So we catch a cold, but we catch the flu. Interesting, isn't it? Sometimes with cold, you may hear people calling it a chill instead of cold. So I've caught a chill caught a bit of a chill. We're in cold season now, actually. My boys have caught a cold and uh, they're both miserable, which makes me miserable because they have terrible nights. They spend half the night up and down, up and down, crying out for mummy. 
really struggling to get back to sleep because they can't breathe through their nose because they're all congested and um, yeah, really groggy, pretty miserable. Anyway, let's hope they get better soon. (laughs) So what other collocations use catch? Well, we use catch when we're talking about trains and buses. We catch a bus, we catch a train. I just need to catch a bus into town. You can also say get a bus. I'm going to get on a bus. I'm going to get a bus. But we often say catch a bus as if the bus is not going to stop and you have to quickly grab it before it goes. But this also makes me think of how buses used to look before the modern design that we know today in 2022. In the old days, a London bus specifically, from my memory, had, not that I was alive during this time, but a long time ago, (laughs) I'll get to my point, a long time ago, the buses in the UK, probably just in London, maybe not, I don't know, the buses in the UK would have a doorway that was open at the back with a bar and you see people in the movies running, the bus is moving and people are running and they jump on, they catch hold of the this bar and they swing themselves into the bus. So they literally catch the bus. And I assume that this is where this collocation has come from because you are literally catching the bus. I'm not sure if it's the same for train, whether you would be running behind a moving train and you jump on it. It probably was the case at some point. I've seen it in films, people running and jumping on a, on a train. And certainly the older trains didn't have these automatic locking doors. The doors would be, you know, you could open and close them when the, when the train was moving. So perhaps you could just run and jump on a train after it had set off when it wasn't going too fast. So you catch a bus and you catch a train. We still use those today. I'm going to catch a train into London at about six o'clock today. You can catch a glimpse of something. And this is just when you just kind of see something by chance. It's not normally intended. It's not like you're looking for something. But uh, you might say, I was watching the parade today and I caught a glimpse of the princess. I couldn't believe it. I caught a glimpse of her. So it could be that you're actually looking for something, but often it's almost a surprise. Oh, I caught a glimpse of your wedding dress today. I was, I was down at the, at the bridal shop passing on the message that you told me to give to the the dressmaker and I caught a glimpse of your dress. It was there. It was out. She was working on it and I caught a glimpse of it. Oh, it's so beautiful. So it's to spot something, to see something. We catch criminals. So just like before, when you catch someone red-handed, you catch out the naughty teenagers smoking behind the bike shed. You would catch a criminal. You'd catch a murderer. You'd catch a thief. You can also catch someone's attention or catch someone's eye. Even a thing can catch your eye. You might be out at the shops and you're minding your own business. You're just walking along, walking through the the shopping centre 
And then suddenly, something in a shop window catches your eye. So something unexpected gets your attention. So it can catch your attention or catch your eye. Normally, we use catch your eye for things or for people, but catch your attention is usually a person. A person will try to catch your attention or capture. You might even extend it to capture. I need to capture his attention. We do this funny thing, don't we, in crowds when we're trying to get someone's attention, but we don't want to make too much noise. We're like, psst, 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 hey, hey, psst. <laughs> and that's written P-S-S-T, psst, which I think is odd because as soon as you do that, everyone looks like, is it me? Do you want me? Anyway, that's how you would potentially catch someone's attention in a crowd, maybe at the theatre. to the bar. (laughs) Something could catch your attention. So for example, I was driving home the other day and there was a bit of a, a bit of a to-do, a bit of a, an incident was occurring ahead of me. All the cars had stopped and there was a man arguing with another man. They were both stopped in the middle of the road, creating a a big, a big uh, traffic jam. And, And one man got out of his car and was screaming at the other man. And I was really nervous. Something bad was about to unfold. This caught my attention. So I got my phone out and I started videoing, secretly videoing what was going on, just in case it turned into a nasty incident that would require the police to get involved. If that was the case, then I had caught this man red-handed. In the end, it all simmered down and this chap got back in his car and they drove off. But that caught my attention Rather than just sitting there minding my own business in my car, I saw something was going on. It caught my eye. It caught my attention. And so I paid attention to what was going on. Okay, so you might also say, I need to catch my breath. This is a really common phrase, to catch your breath. If your breath has been taken away by something, then you'll need a moment to catch your breath. This is just... Like a moment to allow yourself to regain your composure, to relax, to breathe steady once more. So if you're out of breath, then you might need to catch your breath. Like you've been running to catch the bus and you miss it. Oh, oh I just need to catch my breath. Hang on. Oh, 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 there we go. I can breathe again. What time is the next bus? Okay, so I often need to stop and catch my breath when I'm playing squash. Now, I did say at the beginning of this that I wanted to catch up on free time. So talking about free time and squash is one of the things that I love to do in my free time. I play squash. Now, I'm going to play a little game with you now. I want you to guess the missing verb. Guess the missing verb. There we go. That's my jingle. (laughs) So in the next sentence, what is the missing verb? And this all works into collocations here, guys. So what's the missing verb? At the weekend, I usually beep the housework to clean and tidy everything ready for another week. Let me give you that one again. At the weekend, I usually beep, the housework, to clean and tidy everything ready for another week. So I something 
the housework. What verb should be there? I something the housework. Well, drum roll. I usually do the housework. At the weekend, I usually do the housework to clean and tidy everything ready for another week. So we do our chores, we do the work, we do the housework. Here's the next sentence for you. Are you ready? I have young children, therefore I beep, beep at 6am every morning. Did you see two beeps there? So that means there are two words missing. This is a phrasal verb. Here we go again. I have young children, therefore I beep, beep at 6am every morning. What's the answer? I would be a terrible drummer. (laughs) Therefore, I wake up at 6am every morning to wake up. We can just say, I wake at 6am, but we more often say, wake up. I wake up at 6am every morning. All right, here's the next one. With my camera, I like to beep photos of my family. With my camera, I like to beep photos of my family. What's the verb? (laughs) I just can't do a good rhythm. Um, With my camera, I like to take photos of my family. There we go, to take photos. We take photos or photographs. We take photos. Interesting because we don't say take video. We rarely say I'm going to take some video now. You make a video or you video. We just use video as a verb. I'm going to video now. Um, But we take photos. All right, here's the next one, guys. Ready? (gasps) When I am driving my car, I like to beep to the radio. When I'm driving my car, I like to beep to the radio. What do I do to the radio, guys? Quite easy, I think. I must get better at this drumming. (laughs) I just can't do it evenly. Um, When I'm driving my car, I like to listen to the radio. All right, here's the next one. Oh, sorry. Yes, you listen to music. You listen to someone speaking. You listen to a podcast. You listen to the radio. Next. We have been, beep, some DIY. We used these brushes to... Beep, the walls, brilliant white. So there you go, two verbs missing from that very long sentence. We have been beep, some DIY. We used these brushes to beep, the walls, brilliant white. Now, brilliant white is like the most white white that you can get in the paint world. So if you get a a pot of paint and you want it to be white, You'll find there are lots of different versions of white that you can buy, (laughs) which is quite bizarre. But brilliant white is the most white. It's brilliant. It's dazzling. It hurts your eyes. You have to wear sunglasses. Brilliant white. Okay, so the missing verbs are, we have been doing some DIY. We used these brushes to paint the walls brilliant white. So you paint with paint. 
The noun is paint. The verb is paint. I've been doing DIY. I've been painting the walls. All right. Next one. My hair is really greasy. I'm going to beep it tonight before I go out. My hair is really greasy. I'm going to beep it tonight before I go out. What am I going to do to my hair, guys? Well, I'm going to wash it. I'm going to wash it. We often wash our hair. You can say clean hair, but we just don't really say that. You can. It would be. It makes sense. Everyone would understand you. I need to clean my hair. But most of us say wash hair. You wash your hair, right? I do actually need to wash my hair, but I'm going to give you two, three more sentences before I go. So, wow, you have a baby grand. Does your wife beep piano too? Wow, you have a baby grand. Does your wife beep piano too? What do you do to a piano? You play piano. So I'm asking, does your wife play piano too? A baby grand is a small grand piano, one that has the big sweeping back that takes lots of space. But a baby grand, it still takes lots of space, but not as much as a big grand piano that you'd see, you know, on the stage at these in these grand orchestras with an amazing pianist. Anyway, next sentence. The weather is quite nice this morning. Would you like to a trip to the seaside? Sorry, I missed the beep there. The weather is quite nice this morning. Would you like to beep a trip to the seaside? What's the missing verb? Would you like to a trip? Would you like to take a trip to the seaside? We take a trip. We sometimes also say take a stroll, take a walk, take a trip to the seaside. All right, last one. I can't come. I'm afraid. I'm beep football this afternoon. I can't come. I'm afraid. And there, I'm afraid means I'm sorry, not I'm actually scared. I can't come. I'm afraid. I'm beep football this afternoon. What do you do? You play football. So I can't come. I'm afraid I'm playing football this afternoon. With sports like football, we always say play. We don't say do. I'm playing football. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that today. This was a、uh, quite a different type of podcast. Hopefully, it was quite interactive. And you feel like you've been very much a part of this. If you did enjoy it, I would really appreciate if you rate and review the podcast so that others can find it through the magic of the algorithms. And if you know anyone else who's learning English, then don't forget to recommend the English Like a Native podcast. If you would like to have access to a downloadable transcript as well as an inter interactive transcript. And lots of conversation classes where you can interact with a native teacher and lots of other English learners. 
to practice your speaking skills, then consider joining my club. The link will be in the description of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.